PR. It's not just a catchphrase. It's a passion. And it's a career. But sometimes, it can be a headache. So sit back and recover with this PR Hangover, a podcast of Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Brady Mills, and this is probably the only hangover you'll ever look forward to. Before I recorded this episode, I, I used to think of beauty PR as a very narrow or niche industry. Uh, not that there is anything bad about it, I just didn't think that there was more, there was like a ton to it. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, Brooke Rosier is a global marketing specialist for Amway's brand Artistry, which is a, a line of skincare products. And she has so much to say today regarding how she uses her art in her work what it looks like on the day-to-day, how it, how she communicates effectively with global customers and global coworkers, and I really enjoyed sitting down and talking with her. So here's Brooke Rosier, and I hope I hope you're able to get as much from this as I was. Uh, she is a really incredible lady. Oh, welcome, Brooke. We're so happy to have you. Uh, everyone, Brooke is a global beauty marketing specialist at Amway, and um, she's going to talk a little bit more about what exactly that means and how she applies that, her specific title. But um, Brooke, welcome. If you just want to introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Brooke Rosier. Um, I'm a Grand Valley alumni. I graduated in 2018 um, with a degree in advertising public relations. And um, right now, like you said, I work in global beauty marketing at Amway. Um, and when I'm not working, um, I'm an artist in my free time. That's kind of a overall synopsis. Okay, Brooke, so you mentioned art. If you would like to talk about just a little bit how that plays into, I mean, obviously we'll get into your career, but um, you do art on the side. Does that, does that touch on your professional life? Is that just a hobby or what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, right now a hobby, kind of something I'll do in my free time just as a creative endeavor. Um, But I would say, you know, being an artist and working in marketing in general, those skills are very reflective off of each other. And especially, you know, the skills I gained from being an artist, the skills I gained from being a marketer, um, the fact that I can kind of use, you know, use the skills vice versa for each. Um, And I think specifically, you know, of course, being an artist in the uh, creative space of marketing, that's a really helpful just from a design standpoint. Um, But also I think, strategy as well, like um, kind of pulling out murals or mural work specifically. Um, It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of like making sure that the um, logistics work to get that kind of perfect outcome. Um, And my my job is very strategy based. So obviously different from a mural, but um, very much the same mindset of uh, really thinking, you know, from the beginning to the end, all the details that need to go in there, um, the preparation for it, the timeline for it, all of that. So um, definitely reflective of each other and definitely kind of beneficial to um, have a hobby support job, vice versa too. So yeah, absolutely. And, and like, as you talk about art, um, do you see that as separate from marketing or do you see that as a facet of marketing? Like, how do you, how do you um, combine the two ideas in your head? That's a good, that's a good question. I think it's, I mean, it totally depends on, you know, how it's used in marketing. Um, I think, I think a good example is like really strong when art and marketing meet is when you get like beautiful, like labels, or when you get beautiful posters that people stop and they're like, oh my gosh, that's like 
that's breathtaking, right? Um, and that's, I think, one of um, few, but many examples of the the way that they, you know, can kind of intertwine and be really powerful. Kind of in contrast, though, I think it can be, um, you know, I, I think sometimes if maybe the, the art doesn't hit right on the note or the marketing doesn't hit right in the note. So very much if they're used together, kind of my personal philosophy is they really have to puzzle piece together. It has to make so much sense. The art supports the brand, the brand supports the art. Um, but I personally love when any sort of, especially independent artists can be brought into um, a place that they can create for a brand or they can partner with the brand. And yeah, there's definitely a place in that for marketing. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself bringing marketing to artists and bringing art to the marketing minded people? Yeah, I would definitely say, and you know this too, like being in advertising, like you're never off, right? Like you're always kind of thinking that advertising mindset or the marketing mindset. Um, I've definitely taken that into, you know, creative work on my own. Um, and yeah, especially, you know, working with other artists that don't have the marketing background. Um, you know, I'm always really excited to be like, you should do this and then you should do this and I can raise this, you know? And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely love to, you know, bring them um, more together. And I just blanked on the question. I'm so sorry. No, you're, you answered it. I mean, talking about yeah. how, how marketing people think and how artists think and how you yeah. are okay. a bridge of some sort. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and you do some work with lions and rabbits. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a board member for lions and rabbits. Okay. So, I mean, you, you've gotten that, you're getting that community aspect as well mixed in. I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to ask a leading yeah. question here, but it, it seems like the way that you approach this art has given you a well-rounded um, mindset to be able to improve your career and also use your career to improve your passion. Is, is that correct? Totally. Yeah. And it's um, it's kind of like the fuel to all the different fires happening. So, you know, marketing or really advertising, when I chose that major, it was because it, it is one of the few um, uh you know, the, the few, I guess, professions that really take uh, people, creativity, and like put them together, right? And so, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, for working for Lions and Rabbits, like that has fueled the fire as well of like, I'm a fellow artist. I definitely understand the frustrating low return of investment that sometimes art can have, especially public art. Um, and so that fuels that fire as like, I'm an artist. I want to provide more opportunities for artists. I want more public art. Um, definitely art fuels, you know, my career and um, kind of, uh, you know, supporting creatively, but also I think a lot of art is kind of rooted in divergent thinking, right? How do we see this differently? Kind of that out of box thinking. Um, and so definitely kind of the roots of art fuel the, um, fuel my career in that way of of giving me kind of the uh how can we look at this a little different how can this be you know optimized however um because very similar doing that with art too mm. so it's definitely at the cornerstone of a, a lot of the uh a lot of the endeavors I'm a part of for sure well that's very well said and I, I love asking people about you know how their passion plays into their career if it does if they see that as a separate thing so I think I think it's really cool that um you seem to have found something that you're able to just use these different parts of yourself. So yeah. Hmm. 
Um, okay, so how, how did you end up in your current, what, what is your current position exactly at Amway? Yeah. Um, how did you end up there? Are you liking it? Well, good, like, just, just talk about that. All the stuff. Yeah. yeah, all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I'll start on um, what I do specifically. So I work on the integrated um, marketing communications team. And um, we really, at the core of it, kind of sit at the center of the artistry brand. Um, so that's, you know, every creative project, strategy, uh, brand updates, everything is, is really happening through our team. Um, and of course, with that, that's, uh, you know, a big global organization. We're using both internal and external creative resources. So a, a lot of my job is um, being that liaison between our internal team, like the brand managers, and um, the external team, like, um, you know, a creative agency. So that's really at the core of it. And I think um, a good way to summarize it, because I won't bore you with like the day-to-day, -day, <laughs> um, is just the main objective is so heavily the brand. So whether that's preserving it, tending to it, um, you know, creating assets, updating standards, all of that day-to-day -day work is really focused on um, what the brand needs, what's upcoming, right? Like what launches do we have this year um, that are more product focused, obviously playing off the brand. So that's kind of in a, in a summary of, you know, my role at Amway. Um, I love it. It's so fun. Beauty marketing's very fun, very cool, especially for those, you know, if anyone's listening, who's like a beauty addict or like a product junkie, it's the best. Um, but how I got to this current role, um, so when I was at Grand Valley, um, there was a professor named Frank Blossom. I think a lot of people remember him, but he did retire shortly after I left. But um, he created this kind of really cool opportunity for students to build their portfolios outside the classroom um, through this kind of collegiate agency, quid pro quo type of work with local businesses. And, you know, obviously that's nothing unfamiliar to add in PR. We've worked with local businesses and classrooms and stuff. And, um, but this was kind of one of the first experience that it was outside the classroom. We were working in an Amway downtown building. Um, and so we provided work insights, kind of free market research to Amway in a little bit. Um, and, uh, and that is how we, I got connected to Amway is because they were our first um, client. And so kind of working with them really uh, I really admired the team and kind of the energy that they brought, especially, you know, working with them um, uh, in that project. And so after I was um, offered an internship uh, to Amway and I worked in nutrition and I worked there full time and um, I definitely have, you know, fallen in love with like the people, the culture, the products. They're awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and so after a couple of years in nutrition marketing, I transitioned over to beauty marketing. And uh, yeah, that's what's brought me brought me here today. And have, have you always been into beauty? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, art and beauty are especially cosmetics. It's very intertwined at the root, right? A lot of expressiveness using those tools. But, um, you know, skincare is so different too. Like skincare is almost so much more deeply personal. Um, it's, you know, a way that we care for ourselves, like any personal care. And so um, I work specifically on skincare and it's, it's fun because I think at heart, I'm a cosmetic, like I love makeup. Right. Um, but it's really cool to get into skincare and understand that it's like 
it's just as fascinating. It's just as fun. And um, definitely beauty and art, very intertwined for sure. Hmm. So, so, I mean, you said you didn't want to bore us, but I promise you won't bore us because yeah. we're all students like fiending for this information. Like um, if you could talk about what a typical day might look like, or if that's a too broad of a question, like what did today look like at work? Um, yeah. What are you, what are you doing tactically and, and like just the day? Yeah. So I'll say on a tactical level of what's being done, um, it is a lot of say pretty intense communication, right? Email is the backbone of everything. Um, and I, I would say kind of beyond the tactical, um, you know, working in global marketing, business is ever going, right? And so it's not that kind of classic nine to five job. So a typical day is pretty early meetings, like 7 a.m., 9 a.m. Um, and then pretty late meetings as well of like kind of 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., maybe 10 sometimes. And that's because, you know, a lot of um, uh, different time zones trying to line up schedules, that's tricky. So that's kind of uh, like, yeah, so early mornings, late meetings, um, the in-between of the day are actually, it's actually the slowest, which is kind of insane because you go most places and it's like one o'clock is go time and it's like one o'clock is probably the quietest time for my email um, and uh, for for any meetings too. Um, tactically, I think, you know, something I didn't realize as a student, and I think that would be really valuable to understand, it's kind of two things. Um, I, I didn't understand that most strategies will be created in a PowerPoint deck. I, I just, when you hear strategy, you're like ready for like such a like intense document, like a brief that like no one wants to mess with, right? And you get down to it and you're like, at strategy at the core is really just like, it's that deep critical thinking, but it is tactically all done in PowerPoint. So um, on that tactical level, you know, it's a lot of the downtime is doing that kind of heavy brain work, I guess, of, of um, either strategy work, kind of the logistics of getting things set up, um, setting up times for, um, you know, future production shoots, working with like, uh, you know, getting talent hired, all of that, everything that goes into getting creative things executed um, is going through our team and definitely what I work on day to day too. So um, yeah, it's, it's a lot going on. And I think that's probably a particular flavor to um, global as well. It's a long day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, fun because it's a good balance between um, kind of that strategy work, that more tactical work. And then obviously you get, you know, people and, and meetings as well. Hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about global for a second. Um, is that, well, two questions are hidden in this. So marketing and communications, different names. Are those to you the same uh, as communications, how you go about marketing? Like, what? how would you define those? Yeah. So marketing and advertising, in my personal opinion, are really like uh, built with a strong backbone of strategy, right? There's a lot of intention, um, a lot of deep and critical thinking. And especially, you know, we, we talked about design thinking, um, before this, but, um, kind of that thinking of the, the end user, what is their experience, everything, right? Um, I think apart from that, when marketing and advertising do not have strategy built behind them, um, then that is communications, right? Um, I think communications is 
I mean, communicating, right? But um, it's it's making sure that people are aligned on the same page. They understand, um, you know, what's expected, what's coming, and that, especially working in uh, in a corporate setting, of you just kind of realize that everything's a big group project, right? Like you're in college and you're like, I'm in four group projects. So then you go to your career and you're like, I'm in still a lot of group projects, right? Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, right. Everyone get very excited. There's more, (laughs) Um, but yeah. So it's uh, that communication is kind of the glue of those projects, right? Um, Especially working with global is I, and at home, I can't just turn to my coworkers and, get their opinion on this. And so um, I think communication is really that clue that holds teams together, keeps them aligned. That's what is moving everything forward. Um, and that marketing and advertising is the, the strategy driving it. It's the, you know, it's the, the plan, the intentionality, all of that too. So that's kind of how I personally yeah. define well, it. It's very helpful having a, a personal take on it as opposed to what we're reading in our textbooks every semester. So thank you. Um, yeah. I guess the question that flows from that is, um, doing that globally I mean how do you communications is so much about understanding who you're talking to I mean well that is communication so how do you do I mean like how do you how do you stay up on all these different places are you is it, is it truly global is it just the United States um definitely you, truly global yeah. yeah I think um that's a good question because you know one of the things I didn't expect to go and I I didn't expect to really um gain from global marketing, which in hindsight feels a little naive that I didn't think it through. But, um, you know, we we have communication that is very uh, familiar to us. Like we're all U.S. people so that we understand the cultural context. We understand, you know, like all of like the TikTok slang, like all of that, right? Um, when you were globally, you completely have to kind of get rid of uh, the things that make you very, very definite, definitively U.S., right? So um, uh, communicating globally, I think, is a lot about like matching, um, matching the same energy, right? Um, and not including those like very specific cultural um, sayings. Like I've, I've faded away from saying things like, um, we'll circle back or, you know, even like kind of contextual statements like yeah, that, yeah. Um, not because it's not understood, but just because what I've had to really um, uh, adapt and build is to refine my communication skill to be global, to have that global lens, to match the energy of, of who I'm talking to, right? Um, the cool thing is like, I, I talk to my affiliates in like Latin America and they're just like, so excited and they're like how are you how's your cats right they, they're very invested and it's just a um very warm kind of cultural like um uh introduction to each other and approach and everything and kind of in in contrast right if i'm emailing um an affiliate in germany um that email may not have all the fluff right but it definitely will be concise and it will be really um, pretty focused on the message. And so in communicating, I have to make sure that that message is going clearly back. I'm not adding the fluff to kind of throw anything off. Um, so it's definitely in, in kind of uh, truly the global sense of it is really how to communicate with with everyone <laughs> like around the world too, you know. Um, and I'll also say, you know, we touched on like kind of asset creation, all of that. 
in, in global marketing, there's there's so much nuance around the world, right? Not only culturally, but like beauty wise of in the East, you know, it's, it's really bright, light skin, no imperfections, um, maybe rosy cheeks. And then you go all the way to the West and everyone here is like sun bum, freckles, tan, right? So those two completely opposite, opposite like desirable beauty things. And so um, even understanding that context of, you know, when we're choosing talent, um, uh, when we're, you know, choosing all of the um, elements that go into asset creation, that we really have to be intentional with making sure that those fit the global context and that those fit the cultural context as well. Hmm. Yeah. And, and if I may say to my fellow peers real quick, it, it sounds like that um, emailing professors versus starting group chats for classes is a great practice of that. I mean, yes. you get the, hey guys, just wondering when we're going to start on the project versus the hello professor. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have oh, yeah. to, you have to tailor the message. Otherwise the professor is going to think you're just this cheese ball and the students are going to think you're this hardwired. So yeah. Yeah. And it does make you hit the moment where, you know, I now being in my career for a little bit, how I email and like how I talk about things, even I'll say words that are like, I'm like, what? Like, I, you, do you know what I mean? Where you're like, I guess I'm really adulting now. I guess I'm really <laughs> emailing everyone like this. So yeah, it only just begins when you're emailing press and your group chat and it's a good time to refine that in right now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, were there any instances of a global interaction that you were like, oh man, that was awkward because I did not understand or a way you've learned from it? That, I mean, that happens pretty often. Um, <laughs> I think, I think on a couple of different reasons, right? Like uh, cultural context is different for everyone. So something we say here may mean something totally different on the other side of the world. Um, uh, I think you know, like there's a lot that goes misunderstood as well with the extra layer of technology added on it, right? So when you're in person that you can really kind of absorb uh, the energy, the intention, um, the message. And even if you're not fully tracking with every word that you understand the whole thing with, you know, virtual stacked on top of it, it's definitely very tricky. And I will say it happens often that I, you know, will mishear something, um, You'd be surprised how, uh, you know, just hearing different accents, you're like, whoa, I haven't heard this pronounced like that, right? And your brain has to like fix it for a quick second. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's definitely, um, uh, it happens often. It, it happens often. <laughs> and it's just a part of it. Like it's, you know, it, no one's from the same place with the same understanding. So it's always happens a misunderstanding. So, yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, okay, so if we could switch gears to talking to students, um, if you have, if you could put into words one thing, like if you had to look a student in the eyes right now, um, who's at GVSU or somewhere else, we've got people listening from all over, but, and, and just like look them in the eyes and give them one piece of advice um, to making that transition from college into adulting, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, what, what, would, what would you say? Um, you know, so probably two things. Um, the first one I think is really important and I definitely overlooked in my transition from kind of scholar to professional um, was it's so important, especially in college to find the proper work-life balance. 
um, especially in a very congested four years that you are squeezing in friends and parties and classes and travel and it's a lot, right? Um, and uh, when I was in college, I definitely overworked myself, but it was not because I signed up for too much and it was not because too much was on my plate. Um, but it was because I, I wasn't allowing myself to kind of rest to counteract that busyness. And I definitely know I'm not alone in that, that ad and PR program, there's a lot going on, right? We're all hard workers and it's, it's pretty, um, it's, it's pretty much in your blood when you're in the ad and PR program that you're like, I'm going to freaking kill this on everything. Right. Um, which is a great mentality to have, but um, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have taken a more balanced approach of being like, I will kill this, but I also need rest to do that. Right. Um, so I, you know, for students listening, I definitely recommend just understanding what balance looks like for you and what, you know, replenishing um, your, your kind of energy, your, your mindset, um, kind of be selfish with your alone time, just to make sure that you're not over exhausting yourself for, for things that will be okay anyway. Right. Um, so that would be probably the first advice. And, and I truly mean that it's, it's so important to get that down because when you, when you understand those, ba uh, that balance and what those kind of work boundaries look like for you, the transition from scholar to professional is way easier. Mm -hmm. Um, and then consequently, you also really learn this valuable at, at like advocation for yourself of, um, you know, approaching work in such a healthy, balanced way as well. So that would be the first, I think, um, for the second, and I don't want this to counteract the first point, <laughs> um, but I would say as much as you are possible to do things outside the classroom, that is really where, uh, the value lies. Right. Um, and all of my interviews, um, you know, I applied for other jobs, like after college, even, even with Amway internship, um, just to kind of feel it out. And um, it was really clear that they were seeking out what was I doing outside of the classroom? Yes, I went to college, but what did I gain? Like, what did I take away? Right. And so being a part of things like NSAC or PRSSA, those are really powerful resume builders, but they're also really powerful skill building. Um, when I did national student advertising competition, that was seriously the first time that I truly got real, real world experience, right? And we get a lot of that in the classroom, but when you, when that pressure is on you to develop what an agency would develop with no help and a tight timeline, um, you're kind of pushed to the limits to, to I not push the limits. You're really put in the position to, um, to figure it out, gain the skills and um, learn, you know, what, what does this look like evolving into the future as well? So all that to be said, I definitely recommend to any students go outside the classroom, be a part of organizations. Um, and yeah, I also want to throw in there too. I think I, I want to know that was very much learned of, you know, going outside the classroom. Adam PR program has a lot of very, very good professors and leaders and guides. And so um, you know, without them, I wouldn't have known to go outside the classroom. So that's definitely why I want to keep relaying that on. I'm sure they are too, but, um, it's so valuable and it, it will help you in every single way in your career for mm -hmm. sure. 
Yeah. And I mean, to, to both those points, I, I found that um, the more I get involved outside, it, it's like, it's like this party who comes to life. You're like, these are the people I was looking like, yes. these are the people with the same drive who are willing to get things done. And then at the same time, I come home and my roommates who are not studying this are yes. much better at the whole rest thing. And so that's yep. like a good <laughs> reminder. I'm like, okay, I go with those people and that part of me comes right. to life, but I got to like, they teach me to step back too. So yeah, that's, yeah. it's, it's such a hard balance. I'm glad you said that. that yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, last thing. Um, what is one question that no one asks you, but you wish that they would? Hmm. I think, you know, I know we talked about, um, lions and rabbits and kind of the initial, initial question I had in my head of was, you know, what have you done outside jobs and hobbies? Um, but especially since we covered it too, I think, um, I think maybe what is like a very fulfilling uh, thing in my life, and obviously we kind of talked about this with uh, art, is fueling all these different channels of, of marketing, of community-driven things, of you know own artistic endeavors. Um, and I think learning how much um, community work or kind of using your like using your ad and PR superpower skills just to um, benefit local businesses around you is really really rewarding. Um, that was something I learned this year of, you know, it's definitely not easy. It's a, it's a big commitment sometimes to work, um, do that extra work beyond the career or whatever. Um, but it is really rewarding. And I think, uh, I think learning how much it truly benefits me to be an act, active part in my community to support others in the same position. Right. So I think in add in PR specifically, um, you know, we have these great skills of communication, of marketing, of knowing how to talk to people, how to understand people. And it really is a superpower, especially when you go somewhere that they don't have the advertising support, right? And so, um, yeah, I, I kind of all to say, definitely diving into community-driven work and, um, you know, becoming closer with Grand Rapids, the community in that. Um, it's just really powerful. And I definitely recommend anyone who, who does have the extra time and energy and does, you know, would feel like that is also feeling for them um, to get involved locally or get involved in, in some local way that you can use those superpowers to support. And you also get a lot of skills in that as well. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thanks. Well, thank you. Uh, is there anything else that we didn't cover tonight? I don't think so, but thank you so much for having me. And I definitely want to say for all the students listening, just like be strong, hang in there. It's junior, senior year, especially it's tough. It's freaking tough, but it's the time that you will form. Um, it's like you're refining those final skills that you've absorbed all of college and you get to take it and go be a professional. And it's like, you're a freshman again, right? So just know, like, keep learning, hang in there. It gets way more fun. You get to work in future group projects with other people who are also excited about those group projects. So, yeah. That's the key. The other one's being excited too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Brooke. And if, if you're okay with it, I'll drop some social media um, links for you um, just so students can find you and, and kind of stay up on what a professional does in the field. It's always yeah. appreciated for us. But um, thank you for being on. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You see what I mean? Brooke has a lot of knowledge in a lot of areas, and it was just a pleasure getting to talk with her. If you're looking to connect with Brooke or learn more about her, she does have a personal portfolio website. 
and you can find that at www.brookrosier.com. Check that out. That's that's a great um, way to show off her artist side, and and which which as she mentioned feeds right into her marketing career. Also connect with her on LinkedIn. She's very open to that and a um, just an incredible resource if you're looking to go into this industry and, and she'd love to talk to you. So very thankful for Brooke being on the show. As usual, follow PRSSA on our socials. Check us out on our website. Thanks for listening and I will talk to you next time on PR Hangover.